0: Warning, if you're faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. Zeke, you came to my home, you saw all the stuff I have in place. Now, from what I understand, I didn't fail, but... Well, Nick,
1: you didn't fail,
0: but you certainly didn't pass.
1: Okay. And you have more going on than most, but you need to tighten it up.
0: And after you left my house, I couldn't believe how many things that I still needed to have in place to have my home hardened. Work on it. We're working on it right right now. Good. All right. Thank you. Yep. Cool. This is the Nick Vertucci Show. I am Nick Vertucci, I got a great show today. I am with the modern day Donovan, the modern day problem solver, the fixer, the bounty hunter, and the wolf. Mr. Zeke Unger, how are you? I'm great, thanks for having me. You bet. So, for the folks out there, let me do a quick intro to Zeke. Uh, I, of course, named all the names that he could be called. Let's go right into it. I met Zeke through a friend. I had a, I had a situation, something that needed solving. And, you know, I got almost two decades in law enforcement, and we'll talk about this, Zeke, in a little bit, uh, why sometimes the, the stakes need to be raised a little bit. Um, I made a call to a friend, a very close friend that I know would understand a situation that I was having, and uh, you were referred to me. And you and I talked and in, 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 I knew within the first few minutes and then we met and then I especially knew that you were someone that I wanted to know that I needed in my life because like I said, even being in law enforcement for two decades, um, sometimes you can't just pick up the phone and call the cops,
1: This is correct? True. This is true.
0: So real quick before we go any further with that, just in your words, tell the folks kind of who you are, what you do and just explain it the best you can for someone that's just tuning in right now
1: so i'm considered a professional problem solver okay and uh problems come in a lot of different fashion a lot of arrays and my job to solve them
0: okay and and when you say solve them so so some of your clients as you mentioned to me are fortune 500 companies maybe some higher-end echelon people in hollywood like the elites that uh, kind of bump into situations because they're 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 seen in the public. They're targeted in many different ways. Sure. Uh, myself, I don't compare myself to that at all. But I but I am high profile. I'm here on the internet doing this show. I play uh, professional poker at a high level, so I have uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in and out of the game, and so people see that, and so sometimes you become a, you can become a little bit of a target for some of the folks out there looking to grab a little something from someone else maybe. I mean, there's so many different reasons why you can have a situation, and when I made the call to you, it was not something that law enforcement could really, that, you know, maybe you can explain it to us, why is it that there's a certain point, I know what it is, but why is it a certain point to where like, like if you call the cops for this, Why doesn't it go anywhere? And in your words, why sometimes does it have to escalate into someone who is a problem solver?
1: Well, as you know, problems come in different varieties. Yeah. And law enforcement is not geared to handle it. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes people have issues of embarrassment or confidentiality where they can't go to the police. Right. And that's where I come in on that level. So solving problems for me has been a lifetime achievement Mm -hmm. uh, due to the fact is that I know how to do it and what tools to use that the police just don't have.
0: Yeah, and me, like I said, mentioning that I was in law enforcement, like I make a call and say, hey, this, this, that. They're going to be like, okay, they'll have to come out, take some information. But it just doesn't go anywhere unless there's actually someone. Sometimes it even takes the crime to happen. And something to happen to an individual before even law enforcement can get involved because uh, they just they're so they're so overwhelmed at the lower level. So uh, many of the people may not know already that you are also a bounty hunter. Correct. You're a famous bounty hunter. You've been on TV. You've been on MSNBC. So my apologies to you for that. Right. Sorry that you had to be on that show. Uh, you've been on Fox News. Um, you've been on many others talking about. Uh, just your knowledge as far as, I, I think I looked on your website, there was some, I think a cop or a criminal or some, someone that busted out of jail, you went on TV and you talked about the strategy of how they're gonna be caught and the perimeter and they have you on as an expert. Correct. Yeah, and you're a second generation problem solver? That's correct, my, uh, my father
1: was in the uh, Israeli program from 1948 to 53 uh, in the Menachem Begin administration, protection agent problem solving at that level.
0: Yeah. It w- wasn't it in May of 48 where Israel became a nation again? That's correct. My it's May of yeah, 48 yeah. where they became a nation again. So it was right then when they, when they reestablished their nation.
1: Correct. My father started as a freedom fighter wow. in, in the Irgun. Uh, he ended up going to prison and uh, his cellmate was actually Menachem Begin. <coughs> wow. And after that, he became his personal protection agent from 48 to 53.
0: So not only is it in your DNA, but, uh, you probably grew up around watching how a lot of these things are solved and, and just who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what I think is the most interesting part of this story is that you were not always on this side of things. You and I have discussed this. Um, you've given me the approval to talk about it. You kind of were in the underground world, maybe doing some things that weren't always legal. You, you rode with, uh. Um, professional biker clubs. We won't name who, what, why, or when. Um, and you, as you told me, you were, you were just a stone's throw away from maybe probably being in the, in the joint for the rest of your life if you didn't make a, a decision to redirect.
1: Sure. Um, I had a uh, baptism by fire when I was very young. My parents had passed away, and I had to make a decision whether I was going to be a victim or if I was going to move forward in my life. And I decided to move forward. And with that came the element of having to support myself. Sure. And uh, started with, uh, because of my background and my knowledge, I started uh, with some of the families, uh, making sure that things got from Miami to Los Angeles properly and safely and uh, worked, worked with them for many years, Uh, and then I received a blessing to be able to move on and uh, started in organized motorcycling, Mm -hmm. Uh, and my talent... Organized motorcycling. Organized motorcycling. Sure. And, uh, you know, my talents were were used at that point because I had the knowledge to do certain things business-wise and make sure that things ran smoothly um so i was an asset to the community in that in that regard Mm -hmm.
0: was there a defining moment for you when you if not please just say it. just maybe it evolved slowly but was there a defining moment where you said to yourself uh i want out of this type of lifestyle and i want to redirect to this type of lifestyle
1: sure um again in 1999
0: um being very successful in what i was doing Um, What was that? Now, I'm not talking, I know sometimes we can't talk in detail. Successful in what you were doing in what?
1: Well, there were there were two levels of my life. One was the everyday business that people saw. And then there was the undertone uh, that people didn't see. So on the surface, we were, you know, private jets, leasing private jets, ground transportation around the world. Massive uh, motorcycle repair facilities, Harley-Davidson primarily. Right. And on the undertone, you know, there was meth labs and uh, moving, moving cash and moving items. Were you involved
0: uh, in the manufacturing of any type of chemical? <laughs> well, we,
1: we, we owned and operated our own meth lab. And, yeah, uh, you're funny. a businessman. Yeah, yeah. And you know, people said, "Oh, have you ever seen Breaking Bad?" I'm like, "Why watch? I I lived it. Yeah, you know, why watch it? Yeah. it? Brings back all those old memories. Sure. And what you know, the show was grandiose, of course. Of course, well, it has to be, right? Yeah, because if you're running our kind of show, you don't want any problems.
0: No, correct. It's always better to be way under the radar. Right. Probably, if they followed you around in a reality show, it would be the most boring show ever. For sure. Yeah. But uh, you have to do that when, when, you're, uh, when you're making a show about that. Um, yeah, so when, when, whenever that time was where you decided to get out of that life, and I don't want to use the term go straight, but go wherever, just redirect, mm-hmm. did you have any pushback from the other side of the world that you were in? Because a lot of times they don't take kindly, I, I think, this is just my what i would think maybe to someone crossing over and chasing bad guys versus being the bad guy
1: sure you know a little bit of heat but nothing too bad because i did it what we call honorably you know i went mm-hmm. went to them and i said hey this is what i'm going to do yeah and uh the reason was organized crime was all over me uh, Sure, organized la pd organized crime
0: LAPD, organized crime, that's really funny, because I've always, yeah, I better not say that. I was gonna say, you know, I was a cop for almost two decades, and I joke, because it's not true, but like, almost like it is uh, legalized gangbanging. Right. Yeah. Right. And,
1: you know, it's a joke too, uh, because organized crime, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Organized crime, no, I got it. I I had to catch up.
1: Right. So, you know, they decided to serve a major warrant on me, Yeah. and uh, clean, clean, clean. Yeah. And uh, decided uh, to retire at that point. Right. And it was just getting too
0: hot. It was hot.
1: I mean, yeah. it was real hot. And, you know, basically it's the same thing on both levels. You just have to redirect the money and you have to redirect the effort. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I always said there's a there's this the hair trigger molecule away from cops and criminals of the same type of personality in the sense that, a lot of like law enforcement, they love to chase after criminals, and criminals love to chase after the things they're chasing. And there's just this fine line, so I can I can understand that. Now, a lot of people watching, of course, are going to troll and say, you know, Nick said cops are like criminals. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a lot in the personality of of both sides sure. that like I know some guys could toggle either way, right? And and um. They have a lot of the same personality traits when it comes to, uh, well, being leaders, being aggressive, uh, wanting the hunt, wanting the adrenaline, that type of of thing. And um, so it's very interesting to me, the the whole part of it. And so you have... uh, You have a lot of, and I won't, if if you can name any of them, that's fine. I understand privacy with with your clients. But you have a lot of high-level Fortune 500 companies that have a lot of situations that come up and a lot of really famous people that people would know that are, uh, you're in their Rolodex. You're their first call. Is there anyone you can allude to, talk about, tell us anything about that would be interesting to the listeners? Of course, I understand that maybe you can't.
1: Yeah. It's not good business practice. I've been doing it 45 years. Totally. I get that. And I can tell you this, there's a lot of situations that people hear about on a daily basis that we're responsible for making it go away.
0: Right. And how then, if for those that are listening, you, you have mentioned to me and you said this okay to say, you have mentioned to me that you work with the very, very high ups in one side of the fence on one side of the fence with law enforcement to help you fix problems and then you still have connections if i may say to the underworld to help solve problems so can you try to mesh or explain in the best way you can without saying too much. How does that work? And me personally, I get what a great combination that is because there are some problems that probably take a little bit of this, and some that take a little bit of that, right? Sure. But how how can you put that into words so someone watching can understand it and still give enough information to where it's it's something we want to hear?
1: So it's kind of like a balancing act on a tight wire okay and the first thing is loyalty mm-hmm. and
0: uh yeah thank you and by the way we're smoking cigars because zeke you are an avid cigar smoker every time you've ever showed up that i met you you've had a cigar in your hand whether it's lit or unlit you requested can we smoke during the show which i love because i do smoke cigars and then you also have a business yeah and we can talk about that later too sure. but sorry to sure. cut you off but i no just want problem. to let them know why we're smoking our brains out. Here. Absolutely. Okay.
1: So, you know, the tight wire, loyalty, relationship. Can I use that letter? Mm-mm.
0: Go ahead and figure out how to solve that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Done, book. Um,
1: so, uh, I've walked the line for so many years and what each side knows is that they're protected, and by protected meaning there's to be no informant information either way. Right. Uh, All based on common good.
0: Right, so maybe this good side, sometimes their hands are tied doing the right thing or helping or doing things that they're passionate about because of the politics of it or the regulations, but they can help out in their own way. Correct. To make things right for good people. Absolutely, and you hit
1: the nail right on the head. Yeah. You know, it's basically yeah. all about relationship in this world. Right. And uh, what you can get done and who you know. And yeah. when you put it together, uh, it can be very successful.
0: And you and I have talked, and there are some interesting branches of uh, law enforcement, state and federal, that, that you work with that, you know, if I was the problem. In somebody's life right and I was contacted by somebody like that because I was causing a problem that for someone like me would 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 probably put a stop to it at the same time right on this side with those some of those characters out there that live in a different world we live in that are willing to be in a different world and do different things I think if I was contacted by some cats like that too it might have the same effect so that combination is powerful depending on what the problem is, correct?
1: Powerful and invaluable. Invaluable. And there's not too many people that can pull it off for so many years successfully. It's just about years and years of trial and error, building relationships and trust um, to help people. Right. It's really about helping my client.
0: And I really get that vibe from you. I mean, we've worked together now, Uh, I'm I'm a client. Uh, it's not the hair club for men. I'm not only a client, I'm the president, right. but I am a client. Right. And, um, and your a relationship with you and a contact with you is invaluable. I, I I've recognized that from the second we started talking because there are just certain levels that can't go any further with something. And if you're if you really have a situation or a problem, it's nice to have that type of support. How can people get a hold of you? Because let's talk about it. You you have uh, your bails bondsman. That's a big part of your Correct. business. Uh, you have body guarding for people, right? Uh, conflict resolution. You're a bounty hunter, a bails bondsman. Um, And you also do something we'll talk about called target hardening, which we'll talk about in your personal residence or your businesses. Um, You do threat detection, um, all sorts of things. So how does one, and we will put a link in our YouTube so someone could click your website or whatever it be, so that will be the way. But um, is there anything else you want to tell people about your services or about what you do? And is there a certain type of client that you won't take?
1: You know, we do everything from super high profile to Pro bono cases for people that really need it that don't have the means. Yeah. I believe in giving back. Yeah. And um, basically, it's very sometimes it's very hard for people to find someone like me and my my peeps uh, to solve problems for them because we're not really out there. We don't advertise. And I had no
0: idea who you were. I happened to get re- sorry to cut you off. I happened to get really lucky to have a friend that I, when this was, something was going on that I contacted and I basically, I think I said to him, hey, you're kind of good with weird shit, something like that, right? Because this was a weird situation. I won't go into what it is. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I've had some weird shit. I got a guy, you know us Italians, he's Italian too. We got a guy, we got a guy right. and so you're the guy. Um, and, um, and it's just invaluable. But anyways, fin- finish that. So,
1: you know, a lot of times, ap- you finish you know a lot of times affluent people communicate with other affluent people yeah so most of our business is by word of mouth and we also have what's called handlers out there and those are high net worth individuals who are in in the mix mm-hmm. they hear problems yeah and they direct them our way got it you know for since the beginning of time handlers are usually the way we get our work got it and uh, you know, with the internet coming aboard uh our website at least gives people an avenue to find us
0: right yeah pretty interesting and so you've uh, you've come out to my home and, and and i'll tell the viewers this you know before you came out me bringing anyone into my home uh and i told you this straight i said listen you're a level above when it comes to having all these connections you know, why should I, I asked you this, why should I trust you to come into my home with my uh daughters and my whatever I have that like and and you kind of explained to me just basically well first of all the reason I was able to do that is because of who referred you so I was I had a little bit of a head start because I trust that individual um but you explained to me that just the years of um and and some of the people and companies that you've helped and the years of uh that you've been doing this and uh I did some research we you you opened if I wanted it you opened up uh, tons of referrals, anything I needed. Um, but you understand that concept, right? Because sure. like bringing in the wolf to the chicken hen uh, uh, coop is, is something you have to think about. And you came to my home because basically, you know, I have, of course, I have an alarm. I have uh, camera systems. I have maybe some safe... Places in my high have some things, right? Just you know, and of course, you know, um, I was in law enforcement. Uh, I have plenty of things to protect myself with. I, I always have something on me. Um, but even with that said, I didn't realize some of the things that that could be done to protect and early detection of a problem. So you came out to my house and you called it when we first met. Target hardening, Correct. which is basically layers of an onion, like. If you don't mind me saying, hopefully, if not, we'll edit it out, but we've talked because you're in such a high-profile business going after bad guys that your, your target is hardened to the max. Like you, you mentioned to me if you needed to, you could roll down every door and window and just secure your whole place and be inside. That's extreme, of course, because of the business you're in. Um, And then from there, it's layers out. Do you wanna talk about, or just give some of the people listening, or maybe potential clients, of how you harden a target and some of the simplest things of, of really, it's really prevention. Absolutely. More than reaction. Sure. So the the first
1: The first thing in our business, as I told you, is word of mouth. And you have to trust me with your life and your wife. And the reality is if we have a wife, but I just need to live
0: <laughs> Go though. Yeah. People
1: put a lot of trust in us and in order for us to have a 45 year reputation in doing what we do, we have to maintain that type of etiquette. Yeah. That's number one. Yeah. People trust us with everything, their families, their children, their monetary assets, their information. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we have to be, at that's the a top. big
0: ask. That's a big ass for me. Huge. Yeah, it's a huge ass because like for a guy like myself, I don't trust a lot of people. And and but rightly so. Yeah. And um it's a big ass. So there there has to be a lot of uh reputation there for me to have trusted that. Now I will say, just like my poker game, what my biggest strength is is my instincts. My instincts were screaming to me in a positive way and sure. ever since then it's been nothing but yeah but what are some of the other layers of the heart how to harden a target
1: so when you talk about target hardening basically in any situation what we're to do is we're to buy time mm-hmm. time is our asset in any situation because it gives you time to make the right call in in protecting yourself. Yeah. Okay. So the way we do that are two ways. One is we educate, we educate our clients on what to look for, um, how to conduct themselves. Uh, we train domestic help. Your, your best defense sometimes is a maid, a butler or a driver or a cleaning lady who may see something that may bring it to your attention that you didn't see because they're in the home all the time. Sure. We teach people about coming and going, how to drive properly, what to look for when coming and going, because most of your incidents occur in or around a vehicle. If you look at history, most of your major assassinations were in or around a vehicle. Yeah. It's because you're very vulnerable. That's right. So, so we teach that. Um, then we get into the physical property and we look at the property and we determine when you say target hardening, what does that mean? It means that you make your property hard to where someone's going to go somewhere else to a softer target. Yeah. Okay. If somebody looks at a place and it's hardened, they may not know it, but it's to your benefit Right. to buy you time. Right. Okay. Early detection is the key. Yeah. Uh, being able to weaponize, uh, being able to call law enforcement, having a safe place to go while this is all occurring. Right. These are all things that we set up for our clients. Um, you know, we say no job too small, no fee too large. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good it's, business model. It's, you know, it's true, <laughs> if you wanna be safe, if you feel safe mentally, you are safe.
0: Yeah, and for those of you that are listening that let's say are more on the affluent side, or you're doing well, or you have something to lose. And that doesn't always mean monetarily, but if it does, you know, fine. Um, and then of course our most precious assets are our family and our loved ones, for yeah, sure. sure. There's nothing There's nothing more uh, than that. And so how I looked at it is this, you know, a lot of people will not think twice about going to spend that, you know, 25000 on a on a new motorcycle or a new car they want to spend a couple hundred thousand or they're going to go do this. But when it comes to stuff like this, I've seen people pinch it and not want to invest in it and when I thought it out, even though I have a lot of those layers to the onions already as you know, you came to my home and mm-hmm. you're like, "Wow, you're like really ahead of the curve. Like most people aren't familiar with firearms. Most people don't have um, you know, safe places to go in their home and and most people don't have this and that. So I have everything I just needed a sure. facelift." Sure. And I thought to myself when we talked about it like I mean, I could put this, I, and I'm not giving the number I'm spending, but let's just say it's a, let's say it's twenty-five thousand. Let's say it's ten, five, whatever. A guy like me, you know, I might put that in on a turn bet, and so I thought to myself, <laughs> if I'm willing to give. That money to some dumb shit that I'm sitting there with playing poker, no offense to all you dumb shits, but like what's more valuable to me than my 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 precious assets, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so for me it's like a no-brainer. So I and I'm not I'm not getting anything from you. This is just because like I was so interested in what you do and what you're doing and so interested in this topic. Like I told you, maybe when I'm done with this uh, poker thing I'll be kicking in Some doors with you Or something Because that just Sounds so fun to me Because right? I've been So stagnant now Since I got out Of law enforcement That even thinking About it just Gets me hard I mean I just love it And when I mean hard I'm talking about Like you know My shoulders And my neck of course. i talking About anything else Yeah and so So that's why I wanted you to Come on and I Wanted you to Tell people about This because I think sometimes We're so used to Being in our In our mode And our grind And we just do Whatever and we're Not thinking about Some of these things And then they happen Right. And then we have to be reactive to it and sure. I just think that's a mistake. And it woke me up. So the situation I was having was actually good for me because I was kind of complacent. And to talk about your vehicle thing, you know, being a cop and being on the street, you know we're taught that. But the average person isn't taught that. So for me, it's common place to back in to a parking spot if I'm gonna sit there, against a wall. Because sure. I don't want anyone coming from behind on me. Um, it's commonplace for me to remember not, because we do this, we all stuff our face into this, right? We're walking, we're talking, we get in the car, we sit there and we're like like this, as someone comes to your window to take your life or to take your car. Sure. And you know, for me, I've caught myself doing that. But because of my training, I'm very aware of that. Like I'm almost extra paranoid if I'm sitting somewhere I'm in the ve- rear view, I'm in this, I'm in that. Someone walking up to me, I always, you know. So, But they, but most people aren't thinking about that, and that's when these things happen, is like you said. And so the vehicle thing really resonated with me, because even most cops are killed in... Not most, that's... Okay, well, I, I don't wanna give a stat that's not true. A lot of police officers are killed in their vehicle. Correct. And so one of the things that cops are taught is, don't just get stuck in your vehicle. You right. make a stop, get the hell out of your car as fast as you can, so at least you can be on your feet and sure. not sitting in there. And you know, some of the old timers, as they got older... Older and lazy, they'd go at a car stop. They wouldn't have any backup, and the guy would be in the car, and they'd sit in their car with their head right into their KDT computer and whatever. And that's a lot of them get killed that Absolutely. way for complacency, Absolutely. right? Complacency
1: so, is yeah, is number one.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. Is there? You you mentioned this to me, which I found really interesting. If anyone, re, this show was great. It's called Ray Donovan. Uh huh. He's the fixer. He's the modern day problem solver. He has contacts and he solves problems sure. for, for money. You wrote that script. I did. And, they, and you mentioned to me it got stolen from you because originally it was called Call Zeke. Correct. Tell us about that, What's, whatever you can tell us about that, and why whoever stole that, why is that person still alive? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's not.
1: Well, it's Hollywood, you know, and you have to expect these things. We wrote that actual script probably 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and we went on several pitch meetings. Right. And uh, we actually even registered it with the Writers Guild. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day they said, yeah, we like it. We'll think about it. We'll give you a call. And, of course, I had my attorney who's a literary writer and
0: do everything. And um, they stole it. They did. They straight out stole it. Just like that. Yeah. You needed a problem solver. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you this question. How far will you go to solve a problem? Ah, uh, okay. So I mean, <laughs> we do... We, we, <laughs> when someone looks at you and raises their eyebrows and cocks their head, it's far.
1: Listen, <laughs> our clients are everything.
0: Yeah. They rely on us. Yeah. And during these
1: situations, it really disrupts family life. People are scared for their life, okay? We do what we got to do to make the problem go away.
0: Yeah, That's good enough for me, man. I I love that answer. And you're 24-7. You even told me before we started the interview, if that thing rings or buzzes, you're gonna have to take it, right? You're 24-7.
1: Three in the morning, three in the afternoon.
0: So if I call you in the middle of the night, say bring shovels, you're coming? I'm coming,
1: and and I'm not asking why.
0: (laughs) Oh man, what a contact. That's a joke, folks, joke. No shovels, I don't need shovels. I have people that have shovels, I don't need to dig my own holes. Just joking. Got to be careful because these idiots here. I'm going to get a ton of, uh, and when I say idiots, I, don't, I just mean my friends are going to troll me for that. So, um, if you're able to, just to make it interesting, and again, I know there's. This is a tough interview because of the fact that there's so many interesting. Points to what you do that we can't discuss I'm dying to dig so deep into the layers of this and just go really deep into this but I know that I can't on a lot of the things and that's where the interesting part comes in you and I have had some like off the record talks and it's it's so interesting to me but let me just pick a topic Um, are you able to to tell us a little bit about not who, not when, not where, but this uh, particular crew you rode with, some of the things that uh, go on and that you had to endure and the things you dealt with in, in that lifestyle. And again, I, I didn't, you didn't know I was going to ask you that. And if it's, something you can't answer great we'll move on if it's something that i caught you off guard and you need to think go ahead but i think the listeners would love to know like some of the underworld stuff when you were riding with a professional organized motorcycle um what do you call it what'd you call it club club oh club i could say club okay um tell me about that how does that work
1: really can't go there but i can tell you that the technical directors on sons of anarchy yeah were pretty damn good.
0: Were they really? Yeah. Is, that, is that a real good uh, yeah. look at it? Yeah, because sometimes, like you said, even like the Breaking Bad, like that's just not. Right. But, but in that, the, it is. But on
1: the other side, it was very well done. And if people want to have a bird's eye view of what goes on in that world, that's fairly accurate.
0: Well, that's pretty heavy. Those it's, things going on are pretty heavy it, if that's well, it's, accurate. It's super, I mean, I know that it's accurate, but I'm trying to let everyone hear. You super know. heavy and yeah. super
1: political. And, uh, you know, more so back in the day than now. Um, Why? Rico, Mm. feds.
0: Yeah, that Rico, those Rico cases are a bitch. You know,
1: they're a bitch. And, uh, you know, been through a few of them.
0: Are those clubs watered down now? Are the crimes watered down? Are the things they do different because of Rico?
1: I think that they're more legitimate at this time
0: they've turned into legitimate businesses? For the most part. Listen, yeah.
1: in everything, we have good and bad apples,
0: including totally. law enforcement. Of you know, course. More so. I agree. Right, And it's, we'll talk about that in a second, go ahead.
1: And, um, you know, people have families and people have lives and it's uh, it's a shame to have to lose brothers yeah. over politics. Right. Um, so I think people are starting to see things a little differently, Huh. but there still are fringe elements. You, of course. We hear about it all the time. It's just areas. not as
0: heavy. Right. Maybe. You know, Europe. It can be.
1: Yeah. Europe is heavy. Canada is heavy. Why are they heavier? They're behind the times. Okay. You know, what went on here in the 60s and 70s right. is now in
0: Europe and Canada. And law enforcement put some things in here that made it really difficult really then difficult. to be that person. Right. And yeah. there's a lot of people doing The consequences things. are heavy. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how, no matter who you are and how hard you are, nobody wants to lose their freedom. Nobody wants their family to be without them. Sure. For the and most even case. more than
1: that, nobody wants to lose family.
0: Ah, the key. You nobody know? wants to lose family. Right. And in those type of situations, that's on the table. Every day. God. Yeah, that's tough. Yep. That's tough. Yep. You mentioned to me, if it's okay, that you don't have uh, some of that in your life, so which makes you better at what you do. Is it okay to say that? Yeah,
1: I've pretty much dedicated my life to career, and because of... The peripherals of my business. I've never been married or have any children. Right. I've never want, wanted anyone to be able to get to me that through That makes it them.
0: easier for you to be who you are, because yeah. otherwise, you're drawn a little bit more dead to the fact that you, it's a poker term, that you, what you do could affect something you really love. 100%. Yourself, you're willing, I don't want to say take the risk, but I've often said this too, if I didn't have anything to lose, I'd probably be a much different person. Sure. Right? Because yeah. besides that, all you have left is not losing your freedom or your life, but other than that, let's go, right? Right. And, yeah. I,
1: and I made that decision myself, and I have only myself to hold accountable for that. But I've never, ever wanted to draw somebody into my
0: madness. Damn, right. And you mentioned something about law enforcement and bad apples. You know, so It's really funny because the world we live in right now has become a really strange world. And the people watching this podcast come from all walks of life. They have different ideologies. You have some people watching that will love law enforcement and support them, and you have some that won't, right? Right. It's just the way the world is. And it's is. how
1: the media spins it, too.
0: Well, I know that, yeah. That makes things a lot worse. Right. Because I will tell you this. I spent close to two decades in law enforcement. You need to get that? No. Nope. Sure? Yep. Okay. Girlfriend? Okay, um, that's yeah. So I spent close to two decades, and I will say, and I've told people this, I've only I only saw one act that was inappropriate. One, not gonna say what it is, not gonna say who it was, and believe it or not, it was handled right on the spot by most of the other coppers there. Right. So, but with that said, self policing, self policing. But with that said, I do understand that just like any element in any part of life. That there are bad apples and there are cops that have taken their 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 um, authority too far, and they make good cops look bad. And then, of course, the media only centers on that, right? And I think it's a real shame because the real truth is, it's not as bad as as it's portrayed. But some of the things that have happened are horrendous, and those should be dealt with. And I've always said that myself. If if a police officer, take, police officer takes an oath. Now, this doesn't mean that he's not going to back up his buddy, that we're not going to be hard when we need to be hard. We're not going to handle things when we need to handle them because most, most people don't understand when you're out there, you have to, if someone's here, you have to go here or you die. For sure. It's just the way it is. And most people just don't understand that. And if they have that real different ideology on the other side, they really don't understand it. Uh, we won't go there because I, I don't want to get into that. But it's a shame because... 95 to even 98% of the cops are good, hardworking, legit people. It's the bad apples, and I've said it. If someone takes that oath, puts on that badge, or, or uh, puts their hand on that Bible, whatever it is, and they go and do things that the other side is doing, then they got nothing coming. Nothing, yes, absolutely. it's my opinion, nothing coming at all. And I wish people would understand that more and have a, a better view of that. Um, that's just me personally because you know I've, I was on that side of the, the the street and you know I'm a huge supporter of that. But I just think that it would be so nice if we could if if society could balance that out. But it's just not going to happen.
1: Absolutely. And I got to tell you, my partner is a former police officer. I met him.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's who I met. Yes. Yeah.
1: The most amazing human being ever. Right. Okay. Yeah. With the best ethics ever. Yeah. We've been partners 15 years mm-hmm. and uh, never. Never a coarse word between us, you know, yeah ever.
0: yeah, I saw I saw the connection you guys had. You could tell you guys are tight.:
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate there there are some bad apples out there. yeah for sure. and but I, I truly believe that most individuals who put a badge on are doing it to help society. okay I, I, I believe that too. Now with that being said, some of them get a little power hungry. 100 percent. Some of them get a little greedy.
0: Hundred percent,
1: and they lose their way. Yep, but it's like fishing with dynamite. Eventually, all the dead ones float to the top.
0: That's right, and you then know? the media focuses on them, and you think they're all floating on the sure. top. Yeah, sure, and, and
1: I got to tell you, the for the the people that dislike law enforcement. Are the first ones to call law enforcement when they have an issue. I've
0: I've always said that, you know, yeah,
1: because they don't know where else to turn. So you're actually turning to the people you don't like.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's it like is. that. Uh, I don't I don't ever see it really getting better. I'd love to be an optimist. But with the media today, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, so hopefully people do their own research and figure things out without just turning on the TV, watching any station. It doesn't even matter. You can put on Fox News. You put on whatever. They're all full of shit, you know, in my opinion.
1: You, you are correct. But I think that this country is going to turn. I'm seeing it slowly turn. Really? Where, where even people who have a different agenda, or let's say sit on the other side of the room, are starting to see how bad it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you can only cover up, you can only blame so much, but the reality is I personally believe as a problem solver that this country will rectify itself. We need the right administration and we need the right policies and we'll get there, but it's going to take normal everyday people to be fed up when, you know what they say, when you're sick of sick and tired of being sick and tired. Then things you you correct it. Yeah,
0: no, I get it, and I man, I I hope you're right. I'll just put it to you that way. It's gonna take
1: a minute, but it'll get there.
0: I just don't see that trend, but you're closer to it than me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hope you're right and win this flip because um, I wish that was the case. Did you find it weird at first? Do you mind if I use the word that you were? Uh, you don't mind if I say when you were uh, being a criminal were you a criminal? I was a hardcore criminal you were a hardcore criminal criminal. no offense? no offense okay I own it okay cool and I dig that about you right and so when you were a hardcore criminal and you decided to go I don't know if you call it straight I don't think you're completely straight but kidding but when you decided to go and live a different life was it odd or weird for you to start working with the folks that you were that were actually after you? Did it ever feel weird to you starting to work with cops and law enforcement at a different level to do good?
1: Not really, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. I was never an informant. Good for you. And I would never be an informant.
0: I, I dig that about you, too. Believe it or not, even as an ex-cop, informants are invaluable to solve things. But you know what? Coming from my Italian background, and you ever heard the word omerta? Of course. It doesn't exist anymore. I took that oath. You did. It doesn't exist anymore, really, to be honest with you. So anyone in any lifestyle in any business that will, that will hold their mud regardless, I respect.
1: One of the interesting things is that people I know in that community respect me for not going there because some of the people that I have in my life now came to turn me.
0: Say how you mean.
1: They came to try and turn me as an informant.
0: Oh, even after the fact. Like, that's hey, how like, I met them. Got it. During. Oh, you told me this. Yeah. And then I think someone... You please tell, but someone came to you and said, I respect you for not...
1: We couldn't have been friends otherwise. Yeah. And uh, they stay at my home.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we have meals together.
0: They trusted you because you were trusted. Correct. I dig it. Correct. Yeah, no. Good for you. It's and a I, two-way street. If, if you wouldn't have been that, you wouldn't be sitting here. You I, wouldn't have the success yeah. you have because you can't be trusted.
1: Yeah. You know, in the old days, they used to... They used to do people like that. And one of the reasons I think that informants are so prevalent in our society now is because there's no consequence for being an informant. You know, they Mm. used to find people in the front of cars with their back of their head blown out. Um, you knew the dude was a rat and right. And, uh, society has taken real leniency. In fact. There's people that wanna tell from the back of the police car before they even get to the police station. I know, station.
0: believe me, I remember.
1: You know? Yeah. Uh, they'll they'll tell on someone, and, and I hate to say this, but sometimes that's what the political agenda wants. They want people to tell on people. They want, you know, yeah. they wanna breed distrust. They don't want you trusting the man next to you. Yeah, okay? of course, yeah, that's, a, that's for sure. And from where I come from, it's the most important issue yeah. that we have is to be truthful and
0: right. Yeah. Just you know, me as my nature. Maybe it's my Italian background. Maybe it's just how I was raised. I don't know. But the two things that are paramount to me in a relationship, they're they are everything. And the first one is trust. Absolutely. If I cannot trust you, even if you show me, you know, my dad told me one time, and he died, passed away when I was 10, but I remember some of the things he told me, and... He told me one thing he said, uh, and he tried to explain it to me as a kid. Um, believe people the first time. If somebody fucks you over the first time, and and I believe in forgiveness and grace. I really do, and I, I think you should give it, but they will never be trusted When it's again. earned. When it's earned. They will never be trusted again. Believe Correct. people the first time when they show you sure. who they are. So the first thing to me is trust. If I could trust you... Uh, you're everything to me as a friend or as an acquaintance the second one is respect Um, I believe in respecting every single person I don't care who you are everyone that watches this shouldn't say everyone knows a lot of my beliefs I don't talk about them on this show because I don't want a political or religious show but you know I'm a believer in in God and I uh, also am very conservative in a lot of my thoughts which I don't get into but here's the thing if somebody will respect what I believe in a country we live in that's supposed to be free and just respect me I will respect you back I don't care if you're so far on the other side of what I believe totally different to me as long as you don't disrespect me attack me and accuse me of being something that I'm not I could be best of friends with you and we can be completely Mm -hmm. polar opposites in every ideology or belief we have it's when people cross over uh, and start disrespecting other people's beliefs and believing that they're not a good person because they believe a certain way. So again, back to the point is trust and respect. And you know what? In the in the true criminal world or even law enforcement, if you could be that person, not that I'm promoting becoming a criminal. I'm just saying for anyone out there trying to say, Nick, saying no, what I'm saying is whatever you do, be that person. For sure. And you'll be really good at it. 100%. Yeah. And because uh, I could tell you, and I'll just say it, it doesn't matter now, like, when I was back in the day and I saw the CIs, which is the confidential informants back in the day, the, the rats, right? fine, okay. Um, the cops always like, oh yeah, and buddies, and they took their texts and they helped them and they did things, but it was only for their service. Personal they didn't game. respect them. For sure. They didn't respect them. The coppers on the street respected the guy that you had on the curb, that you're like, you want out of this, you talk to me. Fuck you. For sure. And we'd go walk back and go, well, at least the guy's fucking solid. Like right. I can respect. That. Right. I still went to jail. Sure. But you know what I'm saying? But the guy, like, like you said, he can't get in the car fast enough and to tell you everything. It's like.
1: Or they're dope sick and they need heroin.
0: Yeah. Just, they just they really didn't have the respect right. of the cops. They were used. Sure. And um, so if you're listening, whoever you are, don't be that person. Sure. I'll know? tell
1: you a little story real quick. Please. <clears throat> I had a baptism by fire. I was five years old okay. and I was in the garage and I was playing with my friend and we got into some mischief and we made a mess, yeah. kind of a big mess. Yeah. And my father came out yeah. and he looked and he goes, who did this? And it was me, but I pointed to my friend. Wow. He picked me up by my shirt collar, five years old, and he whooped <laughs> my ass Yeah, and I mean whooped my butt. He says, "Don't you ever tell on anyone
0: ever." Good for him.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it and stuck with you. And that set the tone stuck for the you. rest of my life. So yeah.
0: it's weird yeah. how you could be shaped. That's such a cool story how you could be shaped like that because, like I said, my my father was a man's man, and he was uh, you. If back in the day, if you were his age, you might have known him if you lived in Chicago because he was on the other side of things. He was basically uh, had he was lived by omerta. Right. Okay. And uh, even as a young kid, as I would drive around with him, I would drive around sometimes downtown Chicago and Addison Street, and he'd be picking up, you know... Picking up money, doing things, and I'd roll around with him. And I just remember we would go into here and there, and and you know, as a kid, I really didn't know what was going on. Other than my dad was very respected, I could I I could I could feel that as I was with him, and he would tell me little things like you're telling me. Like he would just talk as we were. I would sometimes just we'd be driving so long sometimes, so I'd lay in his lap, whatever, or I'd sit and he'd we'd be rolling. Back then, you didn't have to have a you know seat, you know whatever. We just I was in the front seat, just rolling and um. And he would tell me things like that about about respect and about being a man and about uh, holding your mud and about being a good friend and all these different things. And there's one thing in the book that he taught me, too, is that the only way you're going to get respect, sometimes at a lower level, I don't mean at this high level of really cleaning things up, I was uh, probably eight or nine years old. It's in my book, and it was a lifelong lesson that he taught me, and that was, you know, I'm bigger now, but when I was like seven, eight, I was really small. I didn't grow till like high school where I got bigger. But I was like really small for my age, and I was uh, on a baseball team, and I was really good at baseball and all that stuff. And um, there was this one kid that was on a team that was always around the fields, Ron, and he was a bigger bully kid, and he was always fucking with everyone, and he targeted me and we'd go to the snack stand and get these things called chili billies and it was like chili with chips and you look forward to it and this kid was always fucking with me and like i went to my dad and i'm like hey what are you gonna do about this and he looked at me and he said and it's so weird what are you gonna do about yeah, it yeah he looked at me and i don't know if he like it's so foreshadowing he's like i'm not always gonna be here and he died like i think two years later he said so what are you gonna do about it right and i said but did, did you see this kid he's like sometimes you need to get your ass kicked to get respect he literally told me those words and i was scared and so i remember we were standing by the thing i had the the thing in my hand i was eating and this kid like was like threw a baseball at me to knock it down and my shit fell and i remember looking at my dad again like what are we going to do here and he looked at me like and i knew what he meant and i'm like and i was scared shitless absolutely okay and i just remember whatever i had left in my hand i threw it down I, it's in my, I ran at this kid and tackled him, this big kid, and I just just started just everything I had, which was not
1: much. Which he was never used to. He
0: did, he couldn't believe it, I guess, because he was like, ah. And I remember being lifted off the ground, but it wasn't my dad. It was the other kid's dad that lifted me off and put me, threw me down and said, what in the fuck's going on here? And I, my dad wasn't a very tall guy. He walked over. And he said, your little fucking son got what he finally deserved. Right. And- Had your back. Right, and, and he, he looked at the guy, the guy was like, whatever. And my dad said, stay out of it. And that was it, the kid got up, he was like all shook, or whatever. And I remember walking off the field, my dad had his arm around me and he's like- That's my boy. That's my boy. Right. And I never forgot it. And he also told me this too, never start that. Never be a bully. Never start shit, never be the one instigating it, but never back off because you will not be respected and your shit will be knocked out of your hand for the for sure. rest of your life. It was it chokes me up. It was invaluable to Absolutely. me.
1: Absolutely. And you have to remember, sometimes you have to teach people how to treat you. Yeah. And respect sometimes comes from the end of a gun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Today's day, what we're taught, not we're, the new generation. Oh, find out why he's angry. Fuck you. You find out why you're angry, Right. okay? And we're taught it's, that listen, this country has been pussified. And there are not a lot of man's men in this world anymore. And that doesn't mean guys pulling their wives around by their hair, cavemen. Because as a man, you should be respectful. You should take care of the weaker. You should be, you know, so believe me, that's not a macho comment. Because being a man's man does not mean you're an arrogant prick. It just means you know how to be that guy versus the guy that is like, you know. it's just. and, And I'm seeing so much of that now that like, My, from where I'm from in my generation, I'm looked at, or people like myself are looked at as now the problem, because that's how our society has gone. And I am the problem solver. Yeah, that's right.
1: And that's why we enjoy doing what we do so much, because we are the equalizer.
0: That's why I told you, if I ever get to a point, because I'm hustling right now, I'm running this poker show, It's, it's the number one poker show in the world, I'm playing poker full time now for a living, I've never been happier, but I love what you do that's why i told you someday i may want to be part of that because to actually go and help people out of things that they shouldn't be in because somebody else wants to be that kid at the field right inspires me sure you know and not for to hurt somebody not to have an ego to just fix things that need to be fixed because there are some things in this world that can't be fixed by the legitimate things that we have in place to do it they're just not fixable right so that's why you were so interesting to me and that I wanted you on this show because I wanted people out there uh to know that this exists and this isn't to be used um at your leisure, this is to be used when it's really something that shouldn't be happening. Sure. Don't and you, agree? you know,
1: in our tradition, in the Jewish tradition, we have a word called mitzvah. Yeah. And it's doing God's work.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes
1: yeah. guys like me yeah. have to do God's work.
0: I, I, I dig it, man. I really dig it. Zeke, we've been going close to an hour here. Um, I don't have any other questions for you. If you have anything else that you want to tell me, or all the people that are going to be listening to this, please do. If not, we'll wrap it up and we'll go sit and finish uh, this smoke.
1: Thanks. You know, just as a society, we see where and the statistics don't lie. Yeah. Where we're going as a society right now. Yeah. And to the to the person who has something, or even the person that doesn't, heighten your senses. Mm-hmm. Be aware of your surroundings. Make yourself and your family a harder target. Mm-hmm. Do what you can on your economic level to target harden right. your
0: life. Whatever layers you can put Absolutely. in place. Absolutely.
1: Look after your family and take care of one another. I Very important.
0: I love it. Your information will be in the YouTube description, so anyone can get a hold of you. Sure. Thank you for taking the time to come out here. Um, we're not close friends, but I consider you a friend now. We just met uh, in recent months, and uh, I have a feeling that we'll, we'll deepen and, and our friendship will, will go to another level. Um, you're invaluable to have uh, as a friend because of the things we talked about, and um, I appreciate you coming on. And thank Thanks you for, for having you me,
1: and I, I believe that we're on a path together.
0: A- absolutely. Same here. Anyways. This is the Nick Fertucci Show. I am Nick Fertucci. It says it right there. And this is Zeke Unger, and he is today's wolf. I thought I was the wolf. You are the wolf. Thank you. I'll just be a little wolf. Glad to be here. All right. Envy out.